it is hard for me not to say good morning. Good evening. And peace be with you. Welcome to our Monday, Thursday celebration tonight where we will speak about mercy, God's mercy, and the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed. So let's get started. If you could stand, if you're able, that'd be wonderful. We do come together this evening in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, in this wondrous sacrament you have left us as a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body, and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. The first reading this evening is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 24, verses 3 through 11. And this can be found on page 125 in the Pew Bible. Exodus 24, beginning with the third verse. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the Book of the Covenant and read it to the people. They responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. 
we will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the Lord God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. The second reading this evening is an epistle from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verses 11 through 22. And this can be found on page 1871 in the Pew Bible. Hebrews 9, beginning with the 11th verse. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom, to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll on all the people. He said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 26th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. <clears throat> Our Gospel this evening is from St. Matthew. It is Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 through 30. 
and can be found on page 1543 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad, and they began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. And while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Mercy. Mercy is not exactly a word that you hear every day. If you and I were walking down the street and heard someone exclaim, Lord have mercy. You might see more than a few people turn to see just what kind of a person would use that word in public. And on the other hand, we here use it in church all the time. You hear and you say, Lord, have mercy upon us. You hear in your, in your mercy, hear our prayer, and so forth. When we use these words, we echo what the blind men who came to Jesus to receive their sight in Matthew 9 and Luke 18, we echo what they said. We all come 
into this world with spiritual blindness because of our sin. And when we praise God with our cry for mercy, we ask him to forgive our sin and to restore our spiritual sight. When we come to God for mercy, we are confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. He is our Lord because we belong to him. We are bought and paid for with his blood. We are ransomed and redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness to live under him in his kingdom of light. The words... Lord, have mercy on us is both a praise and a prayer. It's an acclamation and a petition. And with these words, we welcome him, we confess him as Lord, and we pray for his gracious help. We have come to the right place tonight to welcome Jesus as he comes in both word and in sacrament. We have come to the right place to receive his mercy since he has plenty of it to give. And on this special night, we remember how he gave his mercy to his beloved church in an exceptional way. It is tonight that we commemorate the night that Christ founded the sacrament of the altar in which he feeds us with his broken body and he gives us his holy and precious blood to drink. This night is the beginning of the last phase of our deliverance, the beginning of our three-day journey with Jesus from his arrest in the garden to Pilate's judgment hall and then to the place of the skull through his cross and then unto death and then unto his glorious resurrection. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Day. You know, it sounds like it's four days, but the biblical reckoning, it is only three days. You see, the Jewish day, it begins each new day at the setting of the sun, and anything that happens after sundown is part of the next day. So by that calculation, then, it is a three-day journey that we commence this Monday, Thursday evening. And by that calculation, then it is the beginning of the day that would end in our Savior's death. And it all started with a meal. Actually, I guess it starts at 7.31 p.m. tonight. We're a little bit early, but... For the sake of argument, that's how it works out in biblical terms. We have heard 
the words so often that you could almost recite them in your sleep. That is the words that are our Lord Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And in a few minutes, we will once again approach the altar and receive with our mouths the very bread of heaven. And under this earthly bread we break in the cup that we bless, we will eat and we will drink the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And then when we do, we will follow his last will and testament. And that is when he said, do this in remembrance of me. That's in Luke 22, verse 19. In this sacrament, the Lamb of God has left us a memorial uh, of his mercy. And it is a memorial far different than any other. Some of you may have visited the battlefields in America or other battlefields around the world, and you would find elaborate monuments to celebrate the valor and the sacrifice of the soldiers who died there. Has anyone here visited the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah? Well, when you visit the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., what I remember is that we're dwarfed, absolutely dwarfed by the impressive image of the great emancipator. But these are all memorials to the dead. The Lord, Jesus, is the lamb who once was slain, but is now alive forever. And the memorial that he instituted is not a monument, but it's a meal. And in this eating and this drinking, we actively recall, we actively recite and rehearse we rehearse his saving mercy. Now somebody might ask, well, what good is that? Give me something that I can use, Jesus. I could use some pointers on how to get along in this world. I could use some advice on how to be happy or how to be successful. I could use some instructions on how to find my way through the confusion and the turmoil since my life has become a mess. But mercy? What good is that? And that, of course, is our problem. God sends gifts to us, and we keep trying to mark them return to sender or take them back ourselves, and exchange them for something that we like better. But there is nothing better than mercy. It is in his mercy that the, the Lamb of God opens up his heart to the world. He's sending forth the pure and holy Lamb of God to be slaughtered in our place, which is mercy in action before dinner 
I gave an example of mercy and action in my life when the red and blue lights are flashing behind you and I have pulled over because I was going too fast. I have yet to have it happen, but mercy and action would be him saying, why don't you just slow down and you can go, no ticket. Mercy and action is what Christ gives us. And as a result of his mercy, you and I do not receive the penalty that we deserve, that we earned. Instead, God's own son, he took it upon himself. And it is that substitutionary gift of Jesus and his death that is at the heart of the New Testament meal that we're going to experience tonight. The sacrament of the altar, the remembrance of God's mercy to end all other remembrances. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, there had been memorial meals before this one, we know in Scripture. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in that upper room with his disciples to commemorate the exodus of God's people from their slavery under Pharaoh. And it was the Lord's Passover. And God had given elaborate instructions to his people for the preparation of this feast. Do you remember some of them? The entree, <laughs> I don't know if they called it an entree, but the, the main meal of the, of the day was lamb. But it was not an ordinary lamb, do you remember? It was a lamb without blemish or without defect. And every time they ate that meal, the Israelites ate it in remembrance of the Lord and his mercy. It was a meal full of hope and promise, but hope and promise under the very threat of death. That first night in Egypt, imagine this. That first night in Egypt when God set his people free, it was in the midst of imminent danger. What danger? Well, in every household in Egypt, you'll remember the firstborn of man and beast would die except for where the blood of a sacrificial lamb marked the door. And at those houses, the deadly plague, it passed right over, sparing all within. And on the night of their deliverance, God's people, Israel, ate that first Passover with, well, you'd have to say, with mixed emotions, probably with gratitude, gratitude and joy, to be sure, but tinged with dread. Why? Because the angel of death was passing overhead. Imagine a banquet in your honor that there was live fire going right over your head as you were eating it. These people knew that they had received mercy. They had been miraculously delivered from sure and certain death. And this, then, was Israel's Passover, the Old Testament sacramental meal of deliverance. And it is in that meal that God's people dined on the body of the very animal that gave them life by dying in their place. And it 
was a communion of sorts. It was a communion in the body that died to save them. In the meal that we eat this night, there is a communion as well. But it is a communion of a living body, the body of the Lamb of God who has mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus intervened to rescue us from slavery to sin and death. And he became a curse for us. And he died upon the cross, giving his body and shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. Now Jesus, too, was a lamb, a lamb without blemish, a lamb without defect. He had no sins of his own, but he took upon himself our sins so that he could die to bring down the ancient curse of death and to end the Father's wrath against all sin and the Father's wrath ending against all sinners. That body of his was a sin offering. His blood is the sign and the seal of our redemption. And so when we eat the bread and drink the cup of this supper, it is a communion in the body and the blood of Christ, the Lamb. Israel once dined on the flesh that revealed God's mercy and gave them life for death. And so the church continually dines on the flesh and the blood that rescued us once and for all. Now, Paul drives this home when he calls the Lord Jesus our Passover lamb. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Our Passover lamb. Those lambs who gave their lives as the antidote to death in Egypt were really only a, a dress rehearsal for the real thing. At the cross, the true Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, gave his body and he shed his blood as the ransom price of the entire world. And so, at the Lord's table this night, you and I are given yet again a front row seat in a, in a great drama that won our salvation. You know the old song that asks, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? You know, it's a sweet thought. It is. But it must remain, it must remain forever figurative. For the plain fact is that you and I, we weren't there. We weren't there. We can't go to the cross. But tonight, the cross comes to us. 
And while we cannot go to Jesus, he comes to us. He came to us first at our baptism, and now he comes repeatedly in this Holy Supper. He, the Lamb, who shed his blood that we might live, says to all of us, drink, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. In this sacred memorial meal, he does so much more than ask us to remember him. He himself actively recalls and gives us once again the fruits of his love and all the benefits of his saving death as he says to us, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And those two little words, those two little words for you bring us confidence and consolation in this hour. For God's love is no shadowy abstraction. It's not some warm, fuzzy feeling. It is a concrete reality. And for we know now that sin, death, and hell have been overcome since Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. And now we may know for certain that we are not We are not alone in this world and that all the burdens and all the sorrows of this life that threaten to overwhelm us can never, ever rob us of the love of God in Christ our Lord. His love, you see, is big enough to include the whole sorrowing, hurting world. But it is precise and exact enough to address each and every one of us personally and individually. God's love is not a generic to whom it may concern. God's love, his message, is not some sort of a vague Have a nice day. It's just not. It's nothing like an electronic spam memo. It's nothing like something that's left on your door. In this supper, in this supper we will have tonight, his love has your own name on it. In this supper, the Lord of heaven and earth, he hands you his love on a platter. He doesn't give you a symbol or an emblem of his love, but the true substance of his love, the very flesh that was once offered up on the cross, the lamb without blemish or spot who freely laid down his life so that you and I might live. His is a love that you can sink your teeth into. His blood, it cleanses you 
from all sin. And he gives you to drink his cup of salvation. Mercy. That is what we need. And that is what the Lamb of God brings us now in his banquet that he spreads before us that we eat in his remembrance. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, Paul writes, For whenever you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So take heart this solemn night. Death and destruction may loom. They may lurk on every side. But everything that troubles you, all that robs you of joy, is eclipsed tonight in this banquet feast of love. Now, our vanquished sin and death and hell. And heaven intersects with earth at this altar. And in this eating and drinking, we have that foretaste of a feast, the feast to come, the wedding banquet of the Lamb and his beloved bride. Jesus said, yes, I am coming soon. And we say, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come soon. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
Please stand if you're able. (laughs) Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Nicene's Creed on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us in our salvation he came down from heaven. And and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please pray. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your word that reveals your good and perfect will for us. Jesus, thank you for choosing to save us and heal us through your broken body and your shed blood. We are grateful for the new covenant you made with us for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for the promise of eternal life with you and those we love, where you will wipe away all of our tears. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We adore you because you first adored us. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names, we pray, amen. Will you pray with me? Let us pray, merciful Father. We offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves and our time and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You bid your people cleanse, your, cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we sing your, we praise your name and we sing their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And he gave thanks. Then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let's now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Tonight we will do uh, communion by intinction. So you may be seated, and um, are you going to be the, the yeah, Ash, Ashley's going to ush. She will be the usher and bring you up. So come, the table is prepared.
We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing gift. And we pray that through it you would graciously strengthen us in faith toward you and in love toward one another. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains.
I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 